0: draft with Nick and Keeks. We are getting psyched up for the Oscars. The Oscars are coming up April 25th, and me and Keegan were getting so excited because the Oscars would have been happening now or already have happened.
1: Would have already happened. Usually they're, what, like end of February? Yeah, usually end of February, beginning of March. Yeah.
0: It really, it's kind of all relative to the Super Bowl, I think, kind of kicks off from there.
1: That's right. Yeah. So,
0: Uh, but this week we are going to talk about an actress that is a shoo-in for a nomination and might be for an award is Frances McDormand. She's already won two Oscars and she's been nominated five times and she, uh, she's one of the best actresses we have right now. I like to call her the Midwest Meryl Streep. Uh, I think uh,
1: <laughs> I like that. I like
0: that. She was uh, born in Illinois, so she is uh, technically from the Midwest. She's so from the Midwest. Yeah. She is more known from Minnesota just because of who she married—one of the Cohen brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Cohen. And Joel. Uh, Joel. Damn it! I was just guessing. <laughs> ah man, you called my bluff. Okay. <laughs> um, and and of course, the movies that she starred in uh, uh, take place in Minnesota um do you know her real name keegan i wrote it down dang it
1: okay well i did cynthia too. ann smith
0: yeah very very uh normal plain name i guess you would say yep. you know smith yeah i didn't ann. know she was adopted though no i didn't know that either yeah so uh yeah very uh very interesting and uh of course uh they live in new york they don't live in minnesota so everyone thinks right. the coen brothers just hang out in minnesota but uh that'd be
1: awesome but no i'm
0: i'm I'm guessing they have a place here or they come back here because i I don't think it's like a uh you know once you go famous you left the states they they of course love the states they they have movies about the states they uh they have a a show but they're not involved with but it's about the states the fargo tv show
1: i would love if i could have drunkenly run into the Coen brothers at a bar one time. That would have oh, yeah, that be been great. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, St. Louis Park, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, this isn't a Coen brothers episode, but we're going to talk a lot about the Coen brothers for obvious oh, yeah. reasons. There'll be a lot
1: of Coen talk, um, yes.
0: One movie that I haven't seen that was set in Minnesota is uh, A Serious Man. I have yet to see that one.
1: Oh, have really? You, you haven't yeah. seen that one? Yeah. No, oh, yeah, no, I've seen no, that I haven't one.
0: seen it yet. Yeah, because that's set in uh, St. Louis Park, if I'm not mistaken.
1: It is, yeah. That's, that's one of their more like really dark comedies Oh,
0: i've heard it's very dark yeah yeah
1: <laughs> i liked it but yeah you really have to you really have to go with it yeah
0: and if you yeah. can't tell unless you uh, know us personally uh, unless you stumbled upon this on the internet we're from minnesota so that's why oh we're,
1: yeah we're oh, Minnesota yeah. boys
0: oh yes yeah, so you probably <laughs> will see it there squeak in there especially because <laughs> it's uh gonna come up there Uh um, oh, for sure oh yeah so uh Let's uh let's start drafting. And uh for the second third week in a row. Did I, I think I got it when uh, Aaron
1: uh, was on too, you right? You got it when Aaron was on. So this is your third week in a row. Yeah. Third
0: week in a row. I can't remember before that, but that's the beginning of season 2. So we'll we'll just say yeah. I'm uh, I'm on a hot this streak. This win
1: this win was a close one though you won by by one nomination one nomination
0: difference between our cards yes yes all right so with my number one pick oh gosh darn it you know i just gotta go with marge gunderson don't you know
2: mr lundegaard sorry to bother you again can i come in yeah no i'm kind of i'm kind of busy here i understand i'll keep it real short then i'm on my way out of town but i was wondering do you mind if i sit down carrying a bit of a load here no. I, yeah, it's this vehicle I asked you about yesterday. I was just wondering. Yeah, like I told you, we haven't had any vehicles go missing. Okay. Are you sure? Because, I mean, how do you know? Because, see, the crime I'm investigating, the perpetrators are driving a car with dealer plates, and they called someone who works here, so it would be quite a coincidence if they weren't, you know, connected.
0: Yeah, I see. So You have to. You? I it's, have to. Got to. Yes. Kind of inventory it won her her, her first Oscar. Her it mm-hmm. was uh, a runaway hit. It was one of those movies, like, it's a surprise hit. Like, movies like Jurassic Park or Indiana Jones or, or like, you know, Batman, obvious movies you know are going to be a hit. This one would, just came out of nowhere. It was a surprise. The Coen brothers were known for great movies but not for, like, commercial hits, and this one right. what became a big hit. I remember being – 15 when this movie came out it came out in 1996 and Mm -hmm. it was i i didn't see it i don't think until a couple years later just because i just i didn't have access to go see it it was it was a very r rated movie oh very much so yeah (laughs) and uh and uh uh woodchipper anyone um (laughs) and uh it But it was, it was a big deal. And then the whole Minnesota accent thing became a big deal and all that stuff. Oh yes. Don't you know? Yeah. But I just imitated, (laughs) much imitated. I mean, I think it's imitated more by Minnesotans than anything just because
1: it really is. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, we, we, we probably have a little bit of an accent, but, but then we just go over the top with it. Just like no one in New York, you know, yo, New York talking here, you know, it's the same thing. And
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, but uh, anyway, back to Frances in this movie. Uh, she's amazing in this movie. She she doesn't show up until uh, uh, quite a ways into the movie.
1: It's it, it's like the start of the second act of the movie that she comes in, right? Like, granted, yeah. I, I wanted to rewatch this before we did the draft, but I didn't get a chance to. But I've seen this movie so many times.
0: But, yeah, it, it's about the second act, and it starts with them in bed and just their normal life in Minnesota. She's a yeah. small-time sheriff you you don't really realize she's pregnant until a couple minutes after she gets off the phone and she gets up and she is very pregnant, very
1: pregnant. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's, it's an amazing job by her, uh, the way she does the accent without making fun of it, but also it being over the top where, you know, it's an accent mm-hmm. and just the way she interacts with everyone. And she just is like this constant in this movie around these weirdos. And she's kind of like our avatar. Cause she is the most, sane person logical person in the movie
1: yeah and i feel like she's just she's just so likable too like her character is so genuine and so so interesting and so real that you immediately connect to her and that's that's all due to her performance because she's she's just so amazingly emotive with without saying a lot like 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 that's what i noticed throughout going through her filmography and watching a lot of her movies lately. She says so much without saying anything. She's she just is in control of her,
0: of her face, her, mm-hmm. her, her facial expressions. She uh, she can make her eyes so wide open and bushy-tailed and like a wonder, but then she could put them so down and look so evil. So, yes, yeah, she has a wide range of emotion. So that's my number one pick. It's It's her signature role she has a lot of amazing roles that we're going to talk about but i I mean just like marlon brando is with the godfather and you know pacino is with the godfather i i guess i don't know you know this is this is her most famous role i i I would say
1: pacino's pacino i I went on a weird godfather scarface he yeah he gets connected to a lot of stuff yeah
0: i guess when you think of a role you would think of scarface with pacino i i yeah eh. I don't know, I think Michael Corleone to be honest. Yeah. But.
1: No, it goes But back you're an 80s guy so that's why you would think Scarface. So. <laughs> that's true. All right, so for my first pick, I'm really happy that you went with Marge Gunderson just because I knew that was the that's the elephant in the room. That's that's the that that's the major one to grab in this, but Going through her movies, I realized there's so many great performances. So I was like, ooh, if I don't get this one, I can get this one. If I don't get this one, I can get this one. So my number one choice is my favorite Frances McDermott performance as Elaine Miller, the mother in Almost Famous from 2000. I... I mean, we covered this in our Needle Drop episode. I absolutely adore this movie. This movie was a defining movie for me when it was released in 2000. And um, she is just so great in every scene. In this movie as the the mother who's a professor who's trying to be progressive and let her her children lead, lead these open lives, but not be corrupted by what society tells them to do. And uh, my one of my favorite scenes is when is when um, uh, our main character <laughs> realizes that he's not the age that he thinks he is. When when he what? finds out, love it. <laughs> when he finds out that he's two years younger than everybody else in school, and everything he thought was wrong with his life is completely just—he he finds out why now. I, I love that scene. I love her reaction in that scene. Um, and she's just a great mother character uh, the scene later on when she finally gets to talk to to Russell The guitarist for Stillwater played by Billy Crudup when she talks to him on the phone when they're on the road And he scares him uh, scares Oh, she him, scares yeah. the shit out of him oh, because yeah, he's, yeah, 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 she just talks about how they're manipulating him Hey, how does it feel to be the mother of the greatest rock journalist we've met? Ow! <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> Look, you got a you got a
2: great kid here. There's nothing to worry about. We're taking good care of him, and you should you know you should come to the show sometime. Hey, Join the hey, circus. Listen to me, Mister. Your charm doesn't work on me. I'm on to you. Oh, of course you like him. Well, yeah. He worships you, people, and that's fine by you as long as he helps make you rich.
0: Rich? I don't think so. Listen to we me. Sit-
2: He's a smart, good-hearted, 15-year-old kid with infinite potential. This is not some apron-wearing mother you're speaking to. I know all about your Valhalla decadence, and I shouldn't have let him go. He's not ready for your world of compromised values and diminished brain cells that you throw away like confetti. Am I speaking to you clearly? Yes, yes, ma'am. If you break his spirit, harm him in any way, keep him from his chosen profession, which is law, something you may not value, but I do... You will meet the voice at the other end of this telephone and it will not be pretty. Do we understand each other? Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. I didn't ask for this role, but I'll play it. Now go do your best. Be bold, the mighty forces will come to your aid. Gerda said that. It's not too late for you to become a person of substance, Russell. Please get my son home safely. You know, I'm glad we spoke. It's it's an amazing
0: role just because it is it is a supporting role in the movie. I mean oh, yeah. it, it's it's very limited screen time, but I remember when that movie there was a lot of things about that movie. It was this, this, tiny dancer, Kate Hudson was a, a revelation. And yep. uh, Frances McDormand steals the show in the, every scene she's in
1: in the movie. She does, and that that happens a lot in this movie. Like you said, Kate Hudson gives a great performance. Frances McDormand does. This also has my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman perform, uh, performance in it. Like this, this movie is so great. And I'm I, I was finding doing my research that like supporting role, lead role, you know, when she has two or three lines in a movie, like she's just great. Like she just gives everything to whatever she's doing on screen, and um, this this shows in spades in her performance in Almost Famous. Like I absolutely love her in this movie. She's such a great movie mom. If we did a movie mom draft, she would be top of the list for me.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. Awesome choice. Yeah, Almost Famous is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. It's on my list. It's it's a great rewatch just because of the music and the acting and the it's just overall it's a it's an awesome movie.
1: All yeah, right. after after rewatching scenes from this I, I I realized that I didn't own the the bootleg edition of this movie which is the director's cut and I immediately ordered the blu ray oh yeah no I, I have <laughs> yeah. that
0: blu-ray of that uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's so good the oh my goodness you haven't seen the the, the, the extended... I have seen it I just didn't oh, own okay. it okay yep. gotcha gotcha yep okay so my number two pick uh i'm gonna go with the with the movie that kind of kicked off this draft The uh, the reason why we're doing it is uh is fern from uh nomadland absolutely uh, it's the movie uh from uh chloe Zhao. Uh, i believe i'm saying saying her name wrong her, you are that's yeah, yeah. right yep um, yep the, she is going to be a name that nerds movie nerds are gonna have to know because her next movie is an mcu movie the internals yep so she's going to be a a name uh, in uh, movie nerd culture for a long time to come, and this movie, I mean, is th- as far as you could get from a superhero movie. It's it's about the housing crisis uh, in the two thousands, mm-hmm. and uh, Francis McDormand plays uh, a widow who uh, who uh, just like Upton leaves her her who has to leave because the town pretty much dissolves
1: yeah Uh, the town the town yeah the town is no more it it the town is no more ironically
0: it's called empire in the movie and yeah uh uh, and then it's just her life as a nomad and the people she runs into and it it's an amazing movie it's beautifully shot it's mostly in the in the in the northwest or the west so it's in deserts the big skies and it just it, it looks beautifully shot uh Chloe uh, did the editing, the writing, and the directing of the movie. So this is her movie. It's her baby. And uh, it, the journey that she goes on and she meets other people uh, who are also nomads and the whole community and, and kind of the communication system and how it all works. And, uh, and there's this one other actor that's in the movie. But, Keegan, I, I don't know how much research you did on the movie, but did you realize that everyone else in the movie were not actors? Yes, I did. Okay, okay. Yep. Did you know that going into the movie or not? I did know that going into the movie. Okay, I did yes. too a little bit as well. And, and 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 if you know that going into the movie, you could tell. But it's mm-hmm. still very good because I thought they did a really good
1: job. I thought all of the like um, that uh, that actress or, or or the woman whose real name is Linda May that played Linda May in the movie was fantastic. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. loved her performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was perfect and. The way they set it up, the way that the narrative is set up in the movie, it caters itself to having amateurs like that in the movie because it's really just her starting out in this life. So she's listening to stories, taking it in, absorbing it, trying yep. to understand how she can live out here. So then she's hearing these stories. So it's almost like she's interviewing them because she really is because the character's really trying to figure it out.
1: See, and that's what I really liked about the movie because the movie had like this almost – documentary style to it at moments where where you were just getting these these people like just opening their souls to the camera and and, and it comes across so well this movie is just so genuine and honest
0: the, sometimes when they're when they're she was listening to people talk the camera would get like right on over her shoulder like an mm-hmm. interviewer would be yep. like right right over to the side and yeah. And it, but it doesn't it doesn't distract you because I've seen other hybrid movies and I don't think you call this a hybrid movie. It's no. just that she hired amateur actors. It's not like exactly she she drove up to the, the community that they were living in and start filming. I mean, everything's set up and arranged like a movie.
1: Yeah. But then See, they I add felt-
0: these people into it. The real people.
1: Yeah. And I felt this, 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 this felt kind of similar to what Eastwood did when he did Gran Torino. He, he chose a lot of non-actors. These people were way better actors than the people in Gran Torino, but you know, it added that, that sense of authenticity that really drove this movie home.
0: I think the difference is in Gran Torino, they were asked to do something that they probably have never done before. Exactly. And in a No Man yeah. Land, they are probably just asked to do something that they would have done before. They've done a different version or a
1: different way yeah, you know because these people were real nomads these yeah, were exactly, actual yeah, people yeah. that yeah. were yeah yeah and i think it it speaks volumes that francis was actually a producer on this as well like like she she played a yeah she played a big hand in getting this made and getting this released and yeah and it shows it definitely shows so uh, i mean the,
0: the Oscar nominations are coming up in a, in about a week or so a little over a week and mm-hmm. i mean right now this is is probably my front runner for best movie and best actress um
1: yeah i think
0: i I just got to see the nominees and this year is so weird the nominees might look weird too who knows yeah
1: the nominees are probably going to look weird but i don't i i would it would be surprising to see this not go home with best picture in my eyes, at least, because I thought this was just an all-around great movie. I I just watched it this morning, so it's very fresh in my brain. Yeah, it's super <laughs> fresh in your head. Yeah, yeah. We'll
0: see. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It's it's such a weird movie year and a weird last year and a half or whatever. So it's just been right. Well, who knows what it'll be? I'm excited yeah. and uh, and we'll see when the nominations come out. Okay, what's uh, what's your number two pick?
1: Awesome, that was a good pick. Um, okay, so my number two pick is going to be. First time I ever saw Frances McDermott in a movie. And this is going to be the 1990 classic Dark Man, where she played Julie Hastings. <laughs> 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 I see you laughing. <laughs> this is such a Keegan pick. What, this is which... a Keegan pick through and through. Oh Directed goodness. by Sam Raimi, it's a it's a comic book film. A character that he created. This was not a pre existing IP. This is just a fun. I mean, this was right after the um, right after the 1989 Batman. So this was when everyone was trying to get a superhero movie out. So this came out at the same time as like Dick Tracy and the Rocketeer and all that stuff. But. Um, She's actually really good in this. She she goes at this role like a regular movie. She plays the she plays the love interest, she plays the damsel in distress, but she does it really well and this was this was the first time I remember recognizing Francis McDermott in a movie because I watched this movie a lot as a kid because, you know, as you know, we, I mean, outside of Batman and Superman, there were not a lot of superhero movies that we could access in the early 90s. So I watched this movie a lot and I, I really enjoy her performance in here. She's, she's a blonde in this one, which is a little weird, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I love this movie and I feel like, okay, so I was looking at her filmography and the only other like, superhero blockbuster related things she's done have been uh, one of the Transformers sequ- sequels which was Dark of the Moon. I think that was the third one.
0: Oh, that was my third pick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she also did Eon Flux with Charlize Theron mm-hmm. which is based on an anime. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, So I was like, you know, I would love to see her in the Marvel Universe in the MCU and I I, I immediately thought of who she could play and like seconds after I thought of that, I was like, let's get her as Madam Web in, in the Spider-Man franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, uh, awesome. I don't know.
0: I've only, I only know that character from the, like the,
1: the cartoon from the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. She,
0: she would have been a good, uh, Supreme being in Captain Marvel. Oh, she
1: would have been great in that role if, too. If, yeah. Annette,
0: if Annette Bennington wanted, cause I could see her rocking out to Nirvana in that scene. Though Annette Bening was really good in it too. I liked her.
1: Yeah, she Bening, was good in that. Yeah. But uh no, yeah, I I I don't know. I love Darkman. I know that <laughs> I'm a big Sam Raimi fan, so I
0: yeah, you're a big Sam Raimi <coughs> fan. I I remember w- watching this movie and I was not impressed by it as a kid because I was trying to figure out well, if this is a superhero, it's just a middle-aged guy in <laughs> bandages. And it just Yep. It it was it was probably made for, you know, People in their 20s and 30s who are waiting their whole yes. life at the time for a movie to be, like, for them, you know, like what yeah. a Logan and Deadpool is for us now, you know? Right, right, right.
1: But uh, yeah, I, I – Yeah, because just, this uh, was an R-rated superhero film. Like, it was, it yeah, was so yeah. weird for the time.
0: <sighs> and I remember the editing and the cutting of it was a lot like the Spider-Man movies that he eventually got to Absolutely. later. Absolutely, Yeah. I I hope he tones down a little bit of the Sam Raimi for the Doctor Strange movies. Oh, the, I the think we're we're
1: in for a treat with with his Doctor Strange movie, personally. I, but I I don't
0: think it will be super Sam Raimi because that would take away from the the overall style and look of the MCU. You know, right? So you can't do yeah. that quick cutting. Edgar, I mean, that's the same reason Edgar Wright, you know, couldn't stay in, in the MCU because he couldn't do his style. You know, right? Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see what it'll look like with him being restrained, especially because of what happened with Spider-Man three.
1: Well, and, uh, I mean, you know, he did the, the Oz, the great and powerful. I felt like that, that seemed pretty restrained for him, even though I did not care for that movie at all, but
0: well, that movie did too well either. So that's what I'm saying is like the, the, the studios will have more influence over him because he doesn't have the juice, the clout that he did. Like, yeah. Like after Spider-Man two, he probably right. could have done anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, he made a really, really bad Spider-Man movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. But either way, I love this performance in Darkman. So <laughs> <Yes, laughs> Dark Man. It's, it's a uh, many, Keegan how pick. Like how many you said. sequel
0: how many sequels did they make? I know there's, there's
1: two. Two, two more. Okay. There was there was Darkman 2, The Return of Durant, and then Darkman Three, which had my favorite subtitle. It was Die Darkman Die. Oh, that's I remember that. Yeah. Which Nathan was Dark Man in the first one, and then Arnold Vosloo, who ended up being Emotep in the Mummy movies, was was the was Dark Man in parts two and three.
0: Did Francis show up for parts two and three? No. Okay. So no. no one from the so it was more like a it they they were they were straight to video too weren't they they weren't in the theaters. sequels
1: were yeah yeah, yeah okay. the first one was was in theaters but the sequels yeah. were straight to that w- that
0: video. was that era where if it was like a mild hit it would get a direct to dvd sequel instead mm-hmm. of a theater sequel like the yep. uh american pie movies after the first couple sequels well,
1: and and that was all universal too because because universal owned dark man they owned american pie they also owned tremors which they did a bunch to direct to video sequels for they're those still as well doing them. yeah they're still doing them yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep
0: all right, so that's Universal's uh, game plan.
1: Yes. <laughs> just milk that, milk that until it's dry. <laughs> okay, so that was my second pick, Nick. What do you have for your third? All right, so for my
0: third pick, you know what? I'm just gonna get the, I think eventual what it will be the hat trick. So I'm gonna get the third one. I'm just gonna take it. I'm gonna take uh, three billboards from. Uh, from uh, Missouri, uh, it it was her second Oscar win, and uh, the movie is very div- divisive about about yeah. the small town in Missouri because it, it's written by someone who's uh, not even from America, and it, there was a lot of controversy mm-hmm. with that. All that aside, whatever, it, it's not my favorite movie either. But no, I wasn't a big fan of this. But movie. she is amazing in this movie. She's great in this movie. She, she is. is. She, yes. She's like sassy and just like, like super funny at one point or, and then she's really heartbreaking. And you feel so sad for her in the next. And it's just, it's a role that's made for her. Anyone else, I feel like this movie would be even worse than, or just, it would be terrible with the, with that. If, if it was someone else handled it differently or went
1: too over the top or too subtle or too melodramatic, so, no, she was my f- absolute favorite part about this movie. I like like I, like I said, I didn't really care for this movie in general. But, uh, yeah, she's just she's so convincing and so just I love how direct her character is in this movie. Like, like she just she wants justice and she doesn't care how she gets mm-hmm. it. And I, I just love her conviction in this role. And she she just plays it plays it so well. Alright, so number
0: three is three billboards. I thought that was appropriate for my third pick.
1: Oh, that's yes. nice. Yeah, that was and
0: cool. that,
1: well placed. And, and if
0: she wins the Oscar for Nomadland, I have three Oscars in uh in this draft. So that's her three Oscars. That's her three ch- oh, that's hat-trick. Her hat-trick. And
1: I know that's exactly what you wanted, so I'm glad you'll oh, be happy. Okay. <laughs> All right, what's your third pick? <laughs> so my number three pick, I am gonna go with her her first Oscar nomination. Which was for a supporting actress in Mississippi, Bernie. And she plays a character named Mrs. Pell, who is uh, married to the sheriff's deputy in the town. And she seems to be the only person in the town with any sense of reason or humility (laughs) or humanity to be honest and um, she is just so good in this movie because the majority of the film it's her knowing something that she needs to tell the FBI but she can't bring herself to do it because it would be you know, ratting on her husband and going going against the the sanctity of marriage and all that, and you just see it in her performance. There's so many times when she's talking to Gene Hackman when he's interviewing her, that she wants to say what is absolutely on her mind, but she can't. And it's just it's a great performance. And this movie is really really tough to watch. Have you seen Have you seen this uh, movie? No, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. No. Yeah. So I mean, quick summary. Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe play FBI agents who go to this town. I think it's Lexington, Kentucky. Or no, or no, or no. It's uh, Miss, I'm, so, I'm sorry, it's Mississippi, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so they go to this small town in Mississippi where these three civil rights activists have disappeared. And they're trying to find them. And while this is going on, The KKK is burning down houses um, attempting to lynch people and it's just like this whole town is at this like boiling point and it's them trying to find the truth and trying to find, you know, just some type of human emotion in this town and it's set in the in nineteen sixty four. So it's all during civil rights activists and all that. So it's just it it's a really, really good movie, but man, it's heavy as hell. It was it was a it was a tough watch. Mm. But um really good and she is fantastic in it. I'm so I was I was very happy to see that this was her first nomination because it's it's an amazing performance, even with the the little screen time she does have. She probably has maybe around, like, 15 to 20 uh-huh. minutes, almost like Anthony Hopkins and Sounds Little gotcha, thing. Gotcha, But, yeah. He's still memorable, and that's a supporting actor oh, as Oh, well. absolutely. And nice to see a against-type role from Willem Dafoe. He plays the straight-laced FBI agent. Yeah,
0: he, he used to do that a lot more. <laughs> Which was fun he, to he makes mix it up instead yeah. of uh, going full villain or full, like, crazy or full goofy or something yeah. like that.
1: And, of course, Hackman's awesome in it. And uh, the actor that plays her husband is Brad Dourif, Chucky himself, and he's really good in it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, like Arlie Ermey's in it, Michael Rooker, like great cast.
0: All right, so now I'm looking at our list. I'm seeing that I have the Oscar winners and you have supporting roles. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yes sir I love her supporting uh, roles I, I love mean them. I
0: mean that's great that she uh, I mean she's an actress I you, you want to call her a character actress you'd call her a leading lady mm-hmm. I think more than anything Definitely. but she also does some pretty memorable uh you know uh uh, uh you know supporting roles and it's not just earlier in her career yeah. you know almost famous was after she won an Oscar already so right. Yeah. All right, so for my number 4 pick, I'm going to take her very first movie ever with the Coen Brothers and first movie period, uh Blood nice. Simple. Uh she plays the role mm-hmm. of Abby, uh the the wife who uh, cheats on her husband, and it's it's a very uh noir, modern day noir, modern day for the time it came out in uh that was uh the early 80s, I want to say, it was 1980, I want to say. Is 84. 84. 84. So that's uh, that's yep. the beginning of the Coen Brothers and Francis McDormand's career uh, was that because that was a Coen Brothers first movie as well. So yeah. uh, uh, a memorable little too. role there. Uh, it. it you know it, it's it's more of a supporting role than uh but uh, more of a co lead. I mean a noir like this, she's the damsel. So it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, I love uh, M. Emmett uh, Walsh in this movie. Uh, oh, he's so uh, good. <laughs> Dan Hayeda. Is that how you say his name? Dan, Dan Hayeda. Uh, he yeah. He plays a slime ball in this movie, and, and he's known for playing slime balls. I always remembered oh, him from, he's such uh, a good from Cheers. He's so hilarious at Cheers as uh, Nick Tutelli, yep. uh, if, uh, if anybody remembers Cheers. Uh, but... If anybody, well, I mean, kids. hey, I'm <laughs>
1: yeah, old, hey yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all, dude, we're old. Um <laughs>
0: we're getting old. That's um, true. That's true. So yeah, Blood Simple is um, my pick for number four.
1: Yeah, that's a good movie, man. I love like the 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 tension in that it's movie. It's the most is so stylized, like, moody of all the
0: Coen brothers movies. The the other ones, oh, yeah. I mean, you could definitely tell they're Coen brothers, but this one is just. It's very it's dripping with the color and atmosphere
1: from a noir. Oh. Dude, that scene when he's pulled over on the side of the road and that truck is coming and he's trying to hide the body so the truck doesn't see it as it drives by. It's yeah. so good. And then I mean that whole that whole final scene with Francis McDermott and um uh M. 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 Walsh just this—that whole final act is just really yeah, good. It's a, it's a good. Yeah, that's a great you, you movie. can
0: see the staples of a Coen Brothers movie uh, uh, going forward with uh, with their you know the body on the side of the road. I mean, it just makes me think of Fargo too, with Steve Buscemi and, and yep. the cop and all that. And uh, this role yeah. that Frances McDormand plays is, you know, it, it, it's you know, it's the girlfriend, the wife, but eventually the roles get more mm-hmm. complex and more nuanced for her, and she doesn't get trapped in the, uh, you know just playing the uh the the leading female
1: she she has really right. big characters yeah. in it yeah and in that final act too she almost i mean the way it plays it almost plays like a horror film and she kind of becomes the final girl <laughs> in the in yeah in that essentially because yeah things is, uh, things yeah. don't
0: go as planned and yeah things go off the own no things go crazy yeah yeah that's a good All right, one. what's
1: your number four pick so my number four pick is going to be one that i'm going to I'm gonna follow up your Cohen pick with another Cohen pick, and um this is one that i that I just watched that I had never seen that I absolutely fell in love with, and I thought she was fantastic in it um uh the man who wasn't there um as the wife of Billy Bob Thornton uh, this is just a great like modern well I would say modern just because it was shot in a modern way noir because it was filmed in two thousand one. But this movie just, like you said with Blood Simple, this movie just drips with atmosphere. And like we were saying earlier, with her saying so much without saying a lot, that happens, especially in this movie. And she is just, she's just fantastic in this movie as the the, the wife that if she is being unfaithful to billy bob thornton we know we know she's you know she's a big drinker she may be an alcoholic and then as things start to unravel i don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it because it was amazing seeing this for the first time and not knowing anything about it going in uh but uh yeah i thought her performance was just really a really like heartbreaking haunting performance that she gave in this yeah
0: it's a good it's a good movie i i love billy bob in that movie too he's he's really good in it and uh, the mo- oh, it's one of his best movie, performances. The movie for sure. is uh, filmed in black and white, and and Billy Bob's face he he has a very expressionist face, just like Francis does too. And uh and mm. uh yeah, it, it was a great movie. It it relies a lot on narration in it, but in a noir type of way, so it really works for the narration. Totally
1: works. And, yeah, uh, yeah, very good movie. That was like like. I was so happy it was in black and white because what they do with shadows and staging, like the whole composition of that movie is just so expertly done. When
0: you make something black and white, too, I think you make it a little bit more personal and the world doesn't feel as big. And it was more of a personal story. It wasn't really about, you know, a bigger thing. So I feel like putting in color like that will do that. Yeah. All right. So for my number five pick. uh. I'm going to go – you know what? I don't want to have uh, too many Cohen brothers, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with uh, another director that I love near dear to my heart, and I was so happy that she at least got to be in one of his movies just to uh, act in his movies just because when you're in a Wes Anderson movie, it's different. So it's Moose, Moonrise Kingdom yep. as uh, Mrs. Nice. Bishop. She plays the mom of the main character, the, the daughter – who uh, runs away, and uh, everyone's looking for them on this island, this little New England island, and her husband is Bill Murray, so, I mean, right there, you got an awesome power couple right there. And Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, a must yeah, pick for yeah, you yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, I love this movie. Uh, her character, I mean, it's great. She gets to do the Wes Anderson dialogue. It's not anything, you know, super memorable, like, oh, man, it's a classic Francis McDormand, but I feel like Right. this is my dark man pick it, it, i love wes anderson <laughs> uh, i love wes anderson as much as you love sam Raimi. you know he's uh, he's one of my yeah. favorite actor uh directors that really got me into loving movies in the first place so uh yeah i'm gonna go with moonrise kingdom it's one of the kind of underrated wes anderson movies not one a lot of people talk mm-hmm. about i know grand budapest hotel is the one that everyone raves about and uh lately but uh but yeah. uh, give this one a try. If you've uh, tried all the Wes Anderson movies, try uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, it's pretty good.
1: Well, and yeah, this is one I still haven't seen yet. This is this is one of the few Wes Anderson movies I haven't seen. But she seems to be becoming one of his go-to regulars because um, she was a voice in Isle of Dogs. Yep. And then she's cast in his next film, French yep, Dispatch. Yep. So I think she's going to be part of the new Wes Anderson crew as he continues this,
0: on uh, yeah he, he either like he he'll grab like a, a new actor and they'll continue on or like he'll pick up an actor mm-hmm. here and there like schwartzman jumps on and off once in a while yep. um yeah the moonrise kingdom has like the most uh uh mixed up cast from like old ones um and a lot of new ones like bruce willis and edward norton are in moonrise yeah. Kingdom, and uh so that's really weird uh it works for one of them and it doesn't work for the other. You could figure out. I'll <laughs> okay. let you figure it out when you watch it. We'll talk about it.
1: <laughs> well, it's actually going to be part of my Criterion watch this oh, year nice. because it's, the... it's, it's, it's one of my nice. picks. So. All right. What's, uh, what's yep. your fifth pick? So my number five pick is going to be kind of a Dark Horse one. Um, oh, Transformers because... Dark of the Moon. Excellent! (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, you got me Um, No, uh, So this was just one I had completely forgotten about And okay, well I'm just gonna I'm gonna gonna say what it is and then I'll talk about it I'm I'm horrible at doing this I think Uh, I did that (laughs) for the last pick too So yeah, I understand I'm gonna go uh, with her performance As Miss Pettigrew in Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day um, this was a movie I had never seen. I completely forgot about it. And then, um, recently, actually yesterday I was talking to, I was talking to a coworker and mentioning that this was going to be the subject for the podcast that I was going to record. And, and she was like, and she's an actress as well. And she was like, have you seen this movie? Because this one's really good. And I couldn't agree more. This was a really fun just kind of like throwback 1940s screwball comedy yeah, movie. it's kind of like a farcical was, type uh yeah absolutely yeah it was filmed in 2008 it was um uh co-stars amy adams just right when she was hitting because it was it uh she filmed this in between enchanted and julie and julia so it was right when she was becoming a face and um This is just a really interesting story where Frances McDermott, she plays a a governess who is out of work and she's struggling to find a job. She ends up stealing the name of someone who's who's looking for, well, they say they're looking for a governess. She steals the name from the agency, ends up there. Uh, she ends up working for Amy Adams who has no children but just wants someone – she thought she was trying to get someone to be the, her her social secretary is what she calls it. And the whole movie just place, t- takes place in a 24-hour period and it's Frances McDermott as this kind of – this – so she's kind of a proper English woman, but she's at the end of her rope. She was, she was thinking she was going to be homeless. She, she didn't know what she was going to do in life. And then she ends up in Amy Adams life, which is crazy where she's, she's an aspiring actress. She has three different boyfriends that she's juggling. And it's just, it's just her trying to help Amy Adams with her life over this 24 hour period. And it's just super funny and super sweet. And, um, it's just a really like more subdued performance. But, um, I don't know, outside of the Coen Brothers movies, you don't tend to see her in a lot of comedies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I just really like this performance. And this was a movie I was glad that I was able to discover because I had completely forgotten about it. Nice, nice,
0: nice pick. Yeah, no, I have not seen that movie. Yeah, she's been in some other, like, uh, like rom-com. She was in The the Women or something with a bunch of actresses, were in it? Yeah,
1: she was in Something's Gotta Give
0: and as well. And, like, uh, Friends with Money was a, another kind of yeah. rom-com. So she does those little... They're kind of smaller roles, and I feel like they're almost like one for her, one for us type ones. Like, yeah, she can't she can't, yeah, she can't one, be in every know, she's, Coen she's Brothers movie, and I feel like they almost do that on purpose. They don't
1: put her in every movie. Yeah, so yeah, I feel yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. This one was just great because I was like, oh wow, she plays the main character, and she's almost in every scene of the movie. This is great. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. go on
0: to the wild card round. And for the wild card My number one pick She has some TV roles So I was thinking about that But I I wasn't going to go with the TV role I'm actually going to go with uh, Actually her, herself When she won the Oscar For Three Billboards Her acceptance speech uh, From the Oscars
2: Okay Uh So for ventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up, because I've got some things to say. (laughs) So I I think this is what Chloe Kim must have felt like after doing back-to-back 1080s in the Olympic halfpipe. Did you see that? Okay, that's what it feels like. I want to thank Martin McDonough. Look what you did. we are a bunch of hooligans and anarchists, but we do clean up nice. I want to thank every single person in this building and my sister Dorothy. I love you, Dot. And I especially want to thank my clan, Joel and Pedro Cohen. These two stalwart individuals were well raised by their feminist mothers. They, they value themselves, each other, and those around them. I know you are proud of me, and that fills me with everlasting joy. And now I want to get some perspective. (laughs) If I may be so honored to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. The actors, Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will, come on, the filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the- gentlemen, because we all have stories to tell and projects we need finance. Don't talk to us about it at the parties tonight. Invite us into your office in a couple days, or you can come to ours, whichever suits you best, and we'll tell you all about them. I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, inclusion rider.
0: Her as a just as Frances McDormand is such a kick ass lady and and the, yep. the crazy thing I noticed too by doing the uh, by the speech I looked at her other Oscar speech for winning for Fargo and it was a lot more. Uh, formulaic Oscar speech, her first one, but she did. But she, she still, still mentions, mentions in inclusion. there about getting roles mm-hmm. for women. I watched both of those yeah. speeches
1: this morning and yeah, it was, their,
0: their yeah. YouTube page for the Oscars is really accessible because they just give you the, the mm-hmm. good part of the speech and the memorable part. What's your, your wild card pick?
1: My, my wild card pick. It, it, it's, it's an interesting one because it kind of contains your wildcard pick. <laughs> But it's more of a broad scale. I wrote Francis at award shows, mm-hmm. so it encompasses those two speeches. But it just all, it also encompasses other award shows and how she just presents herself at these things. You know, normally you see these actresses that are, you know, wearing these extravagant dresses. And yes, her dresses are designer dresses, but they're much more conservative-style dresses. They're, they're actual dresses, <laughs> you know? And she's out there. She's wearing Birkenstocks. She's not wearing high heels. She's, she's wearing sandals. She's she's super open and and fun oh, with, her, just, with her red carpet She interviews. doesn't apologize for being what
0: she wants to be. She doesn't
1: conform no, to anybody. Like, yeah Like, every, every award show, when she won for three billboards in 2017, or, sorry, 2018 was the year she actually yeah, yeah, won it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she would she would not only like hug and thank the presenters, but she also would hug and thank the person that handed her the statue. Yep, yep. Like, and, and, and that's something that carried through. And yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of similar to your pick where it's just it's just her being like super cool. And it's it's her being. This famous woman who is an amazing actress, but is also presenting herself as just a real person, like a real interesting person, a person that I would want to go have a beer with and, and, and chat with, not, not just about movies, but just about life because she's such an interesting and genuine person. And not only does that come across in her film performances, but it also come, comes across in her you know, accepting these major awards. Nice. Yeah,
0: I uh, I agree totally and uh yeah, like I said with their acceptance speeches, she's just authentic and real. And she's going to say what's on yeah. her mind and she's not going to go this isn't the place for it or I'm not going to do this. She's going to be herself. So, yeah, that's uh Exactly. That's what's awesome about her. All right, so uh, yeah, yeah, that is our uh, our draft at Francis McDormand. Go see Nomadland; it's on Hulu, by the way. Oh, so uh, it's so good. So yeah. go see that. And this it's going to be the <laughs> movie of the year. It's going to win a ton of
1: awards. I think so. So yeah, and this was so much fun because, like I said off pod, like even even losing one of my picks there's another one that i could replace it with like there's just yeah <laughs> there she you know there was so she, many great picks in she there, doesn't so do a really movie every year
0: it. i mean she's not super selective like you know like daniel day lewis but not every right. uh role is is worthy of a pick either because some of them are kind of small and forgettable you know like that Absolutely. friends with money yep. movie and some of those ones are kind of get lost in the shuffle of her bigger ones but Definitely mm-hmm. an all-timer, and if she wins a third one, uh, she'll be in rare air there because uh, uh, yep. I don't think uh, – Meryl, I think, only won twice, as I want to say. I thought Meryl had maybe three. Maybe she has three. One is supporting, I want to say then. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so. the Midwest Meryl Streep, as one famous podcaster once <laughs> called her. Um <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's uh, this week's pod. Uh, for the next uh, few weeks here, leading up to the Oscars, we'll have Oscar-themed drafts, and uh, coming up in a couple weeks, we'll have the, the first of those, or, or the second of those, if you count this one. But these ones coming up will be yeah. more oscar uh award themed and it'll be fun because this will really get a chance for us to get on our nerd soapboxes boxes for uh for some of these oh so.
1: yeah we've got some fun ones yes. planned i'm excited all right
0: so that's yeah. gonna do it for movie draft remember to subscribe on apple podcast or spotify anywhere you listen to podcasts we're on instagram as well at movie underscore
1: draft i'm nick metzler and i'm keen kahana saying so you were with the big guy huh oh yeah oh yeah sure